0: tonight and turn in your Bibles once again to Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3. Tonight we'll be focusing our attention looking at verses 10 through 14. And we're going to read the entire chapter once again in the third chapter of the book of Galatians. O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. Of the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, In you shall all the nations be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed, along with Abraham, the man of faith. For all who rely on works of the law are under a curse, for it is written, Cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law and do them. Now it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law, for the righteous shall live by faith. But the law is not of faith; rather, the one who does them shall live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us, for it is written, "Cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree." So that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles, so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. To give a human example, brothers, even with a man-made covenant, no one annuls it or adds to it once it has been ratified. Now the promises were made to Abraham and to his offspring. It does not say into offsprings, referring to many, but referring to one, and to your offspring, who is Christ. This is what I mean. The law, which came 430 years afterward, does not annul a covenant previously ratified by God so as to make the promise void. For if the inheritance comes by the law, this no longer comes by promise, but God gave it to Abraham by a promise. Why then the law? It was added because of transgressions until the offspring should come to whom the promise had been made, And it was put in place through angels by an intermediary. Now, an intermediary implies more than one, but God is one. Is the law then contrary to the promises of God? Certainly not. For if a law had been given that could give life, then righteousness would indeed be by the law. But the scripture imprisoned everything under sin, so that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. Now, before faith came, we were held captive under the law, imprisoned until the coming faith would be revealed. So then the law was our guardian until Christ came, in order that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. For in Christ Jesus you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ to put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is no male and female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs, according to promise. You may be seated. Please join me in Father, again, thank you for your word. What a blessing it is uh, for us to have time to focus in and to study your word. I pray again tonight that your spirit would keep us focused and our minds attentive to your truth and reveal to us the truths in this passage of scripture in spite of my weaknesses in proclaiming that truth. May only your truth be proclaimed for your glory, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you rather be blessed or cursed? Simple question. That's easy. We'd all rather be blessed. Nobody wants to be cursed. If that is true, then why do we act like it or live like it at times? Why do we choose that road that we know is going to lead to death? We know the principle, we all struggle with sin in our lives each and every day. We know the concepts in Scripture, obey and live, obey and be blessed, disobey and die, disobey and be cursed. We get that idea, and yet we struggle in our lives, we struggle with sin, and we all battle with the flesh. But there are some times that warning signs are flashing all around us, and we still end up choosing that way which leads to curse. Seems foolish, foolish. This morning we talked about wisdom and foolishness. Are we wise? Do we seek to be wise? Do we know the source of wisdom? Do we know God's word well enough so that we are not prone to sin? Psalm 119 verse 111 says, I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I know your word so that I do not sin. I stored it up in my heart. I know it. Not merely the fact, you know, I can find it on the page. I can find it in the Bible. But I know it. I know what is right and what is wrong. Do we know God's word that way? Do we know it? Are you seeking to hide God's word in your heart? Are you present for the preaching and the teaching of the word on the Lord's day? Nothing should prevent us, should keep us from public worship. And I take that back, there may be those rare occasions, but almost nothing should prevent me from being with God's people on the Lord's day. That is where I do learn and I grow and better know the word so I can be blessed instead of cursed. But let me ask this question, are you blessed by God this day? Are you blessed by God? Do you count your many blessings as the song goes? Can you name them? Can you list them? Or are you concerned only about things that don't really matter that much in life? There are many things that we must do in our lives, many things that we are to be concerned about, but too many times we're worried about a lot of things that are just outside of our control. We can't really do anything about them anyway, and we miss the people and we miss the things that are right before us, and we miss the simple blessings in life that God wants to give to us each day. God offers up to us a feast in his word and in worship, and we are often content with mere crumbs. God offers to bless us with peace and stillness. And we prefer our busyness. Be still and know that I am God. You know, this pattern of taking one day and seven, it's not just about Sundays. It's not just about the Lord's Day. It is about learning how to enjoy the blessings of life and the people of And God and his word every single day that we live, it's all about the ebb and flow of our lives. I commend joy as we read in the book of Ecclesiastes. Do we enjoy life in the living of it? That will help us to count our blessings if we're enjoying life along the way, not just today. Today is a glimpse of heaven in our worship, but tomorrow we should enjoy our lives. Reflect for just a moment about how God has blessed you in the past week. How blessed are you really? How blessed are you? We don't do that enough. We don't just pause and say thank you. And here in our letter to the churches in Galatia, Paul is reminding them of the blessing of the gospel. He's reminding them of the good news of Jesus Christ. And I hope that you never, ever get tired of hearing about God's grace. Look at how you were blessed by the gospel. Look at how God gave you his spirit by faith alone, justified by faith. God has blessed you. And instead, these churches are like, no thank you, we'll take the curse instead. We'll rely upon our own works. We'll rely upon our own deeds to save us. We'll choose to be fools after we have been so blessed. That's what's happening here. If you trust in the works of the law to save you this night, then you are under a curse. If you trust in the works of the law to save you tonight, you are under a A curse. Verse 10 says, For all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse, for it is written, Cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law, and do them. If you rely on the works of the law for your salvation, you are under a curse. Cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things written in them, every thing. And we have to remember that God's standard is absolute holiness. So it's not a matter of doing more good things than bad things. God does not judge on a percentage basis. When it comes to obeying the law of God, the only passing grade here is perfection. And that's our problem. We're not perfect. James 2, verses 8 through 11, If you really fulfill the royal law according to the Scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You are doing well. But if you show partiality, you are committing sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. For whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. For he who said do not commit adultery also said do not murder. If you do not commit adultery but do murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. For whoever keeps the whole law but fails at one point has become guilty of all of it. You know, I can't say to myself, you know, I obey nine of the ten commandments. That's 90%. That's well over a passing grade, right? No, this is pass-fail. 100% obedience or nothing. So if you want to follow the law in order to earn your salvation, in order to try and gain salvation, you are cursed. You can't do it. It's impossible. We're sinners. We fail miserably. We cannot keep the law, and we're cursed if we try. We need to go back to the book of Deuteronomy to understand that concept of blessings and curses. Turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 28. Deuteronomy 28, and actually we're going to look at the last verse of chapter 27. And I want you to see something here in your Bibles as we look first at the the last verse here, verse 26 of chapter 27. It says, "Cursed be anyone who does not conform the words of this law, confirm the words of this law by doing them." And all the people shall say, "Amen." Okay, cursed be anyone who does not confirm the words of the law of God by doing them, acting them out. Obeying them and all the people shall say amen. And then we have this long chapter here. And we read about these blessings for obedience. And notice what you see here in that. If you look, the first 14 verses are blessings for obedience. And I'm not going to read this entire chapter tonight. I encourage you to do that on your own. But the first 14 verses are blessings for obedience. And then we get into all the curses for disobedience. And that goes from verse 15 All the way through verse 68. A much longer section here. But notice just a few of these verses if you turn back to verses 15 through 20. Deuteronomy 28, verses 15 through 20. But if you will not obey the voice of the Lord your God, or be careful to do all his commandments and his statutes that I command you today, Then all these curses shall come upon you and overtake you. Cursed shall you be in the city and cursed shall you be in the field. Cursed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Cursed shall be the fruit of your womb and the fruit of your ground. The increase of your herds and the young of your flock. Cursed shall you be when you come in and cursed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will send on you curses, confusion and frustration and all that you undertake to do until you are destroyed and perish quickly on account of the evil of your deeds because you have forsaken me and on and on and on this passage go but we know that principle okay we know the problem with the church in Galatia now God is writing this here in the book of Deuteronomy to those people who are his those people that he has set aside now if you obey me and you do these things I have told you to do your life will be a blessing your life will be great and we see that through the application of us striving as believers to obey the moral law of God our lives are blessed when we do so And our lives are really lousy when we break God's commandments. But as we see this, the problem with the church in Galatians is they accepted the message of salvation that Paul preached to them by faith. They believed the words he says. Faith in Jesus Christ alone. They received the gift of the Holy Spirit by faith. We looked at that last week. How did you receive the Holy Spirit? By works of the law or by faith? It was by faith. But now they desire to add to their faith. Well, we need to add in circumcision. You're really not a Christian unless you're circumcised. You're really not a Christian unless, fill in the blank, adding to the doctrines of faith alone and grace alone and Christ alone. And to do so is to put oneself under a curse because no one can obey God's law perfectly. That's our problem. We sin. And it was these Judaizers who thought that they could keep some of that ceremonial law of the Old Testament. Those who should have known better. Romans chapter 3 verses 9 through 20 says, What then? Are we Jews any better off? No, not at all. By the works of the law, no human being will be justified in the sight of God. The question is, do we take pride in our good works? Or do we praise God for his grace to us, who are wretched sinners? Perhaps when we sing the song, Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Perhaps when we sing those words, we twist them in our heads and we really think, Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved wretches like the people I know. Surely that isn't me, but it is me. I am the wretched sinner in need of God's grace. I am the one that if I trust in myself, if I trust in my works, in any accomplishments, in any attempts to strive to obey God's law at all, then I am under a curse. But there is good news as we proceed here in these verses. In verses 11 and 12, it says, Now it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law, for the righteous shall live by faith. But the law is not of faith, rather the one who does them shall live by them. It is evident that no one is justified before God by the law. We know this. It's clear, it's evident. The righteous shall live by faith, by faith and not by works. We read of these very words back in the Old Testament in Habakkuk 2, verse 4: Behold, his soul is puffed up, it is not upright within him, but the righteous shall live by his faith. Or Romans chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. And those words in the very first chapter of the book of Romans are the words that seemed to leap off the page for Martin Luther in the 16th century. A monk, a one who was striving and studying the word of God, he tried so hard to obey. And the more he thought that he was obeying God's word, the more miserable he was becoming. And all of a sudden, the grace of God showed him that the righteous shall live by faith. Not works, but faith. And as they say, the rest is history. And Hebrews chapter 10, verses 36-39, For you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. For yet a little while and the coming one will come and will not delay, but my righteous one shall live by faith, and if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and preserve their souls. It is evident. The truth is right there. The righteous shall live by faith and not by their works. The law is not of faith. Rather, the one who does them shall live by them. And Paul is quoting there from Leviticus Chapter 18, verse 5, when it says, You shall therefore keep my statutes and my rules. If a person does them, he shall live by them. I am the Lord. Then we see in the book of Leviticus in chapter 26, just like we saw in Deuteronomy chapter 28, we have this long list of punishments for disobedience. Leviticus 26, verses 14 through 20. But if you will not listen to me and will not do all these commandments, if you spurn my statutes and if your soul abhors my rules so that you will not do all my commandments but break my covenant, then I will do this to you. I will visit you with panic, with wasting disease and fever that consume the eyes and make the heart ache, and you shall sow your seed in vain for your enemies shall eat it. I will set my face against you, and you shall be struck down before your enemies. Those who hate you shall rule over you, and you shall flee when none pursues you. And if in spite of this you will not listen to me, then I will discipline you again sevenfold for your sins. And I will break the pride of your power, and I will make your heavens like iron and your earth like bronze. And your strength shall be spent in vain, for your land shall not yield its increase. And the trees of the land shall not yield their fruit. And on and on it goes in the book of Leviticus. God is serious, yes, about disobedience to his law. God is serious about punishment for sin. And too many times in our lives as believers, those who are resting by faith alone, we don't take sin seriously enough. We kind of ignore it. We may think, you know, my sins aren't so bad. Compare them to others. And we forget the holiness of God when we do that. And we have to understand our wretchedness and our sinfulness in God's holiness before we can understand what grace is. I have to understand that I'm a sinner. I I don't measure up. We sing amazing grace, as I mentioned to you, but do we really know and do we appreciate grace. It is by grace you are saved. Ephesians 2.8 tells us, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and it is not your own doing, it is the gift of God. That's the message of life, the message of hope, the message of blessing. Obedience to the law for salvation only brings a curse and the condemnation in the sight of God. Romans chapter 10 verses 5 through 10 For Moses writes about the righteousness that is based on the law, that a person who does the commandments shall live by them. But the righteousness based on faith says, do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down, or who will descend into the abyss, that is to bring a Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is the Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with your heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. Believe. Confess. And the good news continues on into the last two verses of this passage, verses 13 and 14. Paul tells those Galatians, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree, so that in Christ Jesus the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles, so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. Christ became a curse for us. We were under that curse. We deserve hell and Punishment, Death. We deserve the curse. Christ does not. He became a curse for us. He took our sins upon himself. This is the greatest news there is. Redemption. We were purchased by God. 1 Corinthians 6 verses 19 and 20. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price, so glorify God with your body. You were bought with a price, and that price is the precious blood of Jesus Christ. 1 Peter 1, verses 13 through 21, Therefore, preparing our minds for action, and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. But as he who called you is holy, so also be holy in all your conduct, since it is written... He was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in the last times for the sake of you, who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. And I read more of that passage than just you have been purchased not with silver or gold but with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Because in 1 Peter we also see in that chapter that there is a call for the believer toward holiness in life. We don't throw out the law. We just know that the law can't save us. Because we have been redeemed. Because we have been purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ we shall strive in holiness. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. He became that curse for us. 2 Corinthians 5.21 reminds us, For our sake He made Him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. We are blessed. We have been made Righteous. Only by faith in Jesus Christ and over and over these messages need to be made clear to us who are so tempted to twist and distort it. We need to be reminded about the gospel of Christ. We need to be reminded of our hope because we forget. We let the burdens of the world wear us down. We let struggles and we let temptations lead us astray. We seek to add to or to subtract instead of just believe. So many ways in our lives in which we are tempted to stray. Even if it's merely in our thoughts and our minds. So we need reminded each and every week of these truths. We need to cling to them. May we rest in them. May we enjoy our salvation in Jesus Christ. I hope tonight that you enjoy your faith. I hope that you enjoy your faith. That you enjoy living life as a Christian. We are to show hope and grace and love and salt and light to a world that's dying. Christ is reigning. Christ is victorious. And you and I have a message of life. We have blessings that cannot be counted for the multitude of them. Too many for us to number. And the last verse reminds us that in Christ the blessings of Abraham... And might come to the Gentiles so that they too might receive the promised spirit by faith. The blessings of Abraham that we read all the way back in Genesis chapter 12 verse 3. That through him all the nations of the earth would be blessed. And we see that over and over in the pages of scripture. Jew and Gentile. All the nations shall stream into Zion. The nation shall come to know the God of Israel and God shall redeem those from every tribe and tongue and language and nation. And for that we give thanks. In previous messages I've said that we should reflect once in a while and we should give thanks to those who loved us enough to share the message of the gospel with us. who are willing to share the good news so that you and I might believe that truth. But who are we to share with? Who should we share that message with? Who has God placed into our paths that need light and hope and faith? This that Paul is proclaiming here to the Galatians is the message of life. To both Jew and Gentile, God redeems all of his people in the exact same way. The message has not changed in thousands of years. So many things have changed even in our lifetimes, but the message of God's word does not change. It stands the test of time. The same message that you and I hear today, the message of salvation, is the same message that Paul brought to the churches in Galatia. It's the same message that the apostles taught. It is the same message that Moses taught. The righteous shall live by faith, not by works, but by faith. The blessings of Abraham are here to all those who would trust in Jesus Christ for their salvation. So I ask you tonight, are you blessed? Are you blessed? For there are really only two options. There is blessing and there is curse. The one who trusts in himself or who trusts in the works of the law to save him is still under the curse of that law. The good news is that Jesus Christ became a curse for us so that we would not be cursed, not be under that law, but we would be blessed by God. Can we rest in the finished work of Jesus Christ this night? Can we rest in his finished work? Again, not a call to abandon the moral law of God at all. We don't do that. That is the righteous, holy standard of our obedience, and we strive to obey out of a love for God. But not to earn our salvation. For that we have a redeemer. We have one who has rescued us. Who had no hope. And one who has washed us clean by his very own blood. So stop striving unnecessarily. Stop working for your righteousness. You have been declared righteous in the sight of God. Only for the righteousness of Jesus Christ alone imputed to you, credited to your account because of Christ's death. You have been purchased. And that freedom is the greatest message that the world has ever heard. And so we must protect it. We must preserve it with all that is in us. We cannot compromise the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lovingly correct others when you hear the gospel being distorted. Try to teach the truth. Salvation is at stake. Again, remember, these are not non-essential issues that we're discussing in this letter. This is not about how many songs to have in the service. It's not even about modes of baptism. This is life and death, blessing and curse. Deuteronomy chapter 30 verses 15 through 19 says, See, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God that I command you today by loving the Lord your God, by walking in his ways and by keeping his commandments and his statutes and his rules, then you shall live and multiply and the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you are entering to take possession of it. But if your heart turns away and you will not hear but are drawn away to worship other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you shall surely perish. You shall not live long in the land that you are going over the Jordan to enter and possess. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore choose life that you and your offspring may live. Choose life. And we remember that talk of obedience there in Deuteronomy is to a people who are already God's, people. Because you are my people. Because I have redeemed you. Obey me. Follow me. Do not turn from me. Blessing or curse. Trusting in Christ by faith alone brings blessing. Trusting in anything else, let alone my own works to save me, will bring the curse of the law. We have been blessed. So let us live in the blessings of Christ. Would you please join me in prayer? Almighty God, we thank you for your many, many blessings. We thank you for the blessing of our salvation. May we never be tempted to rely upon anything in us, any works that we do, any ways that we strive to earn our salvation in any way, for we cannot. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for the righteousness of Jesus Christ, for there is no hope without his righteousness. We thank you for his sacrifice for our sins, his blood which washes us clean. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.